When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hi Bob, the officially unofficial podcast for For All Mankind on Apple TV+. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking Season 4, Episode 2, Have a Nice Soul, which is a weird phrase. Have a nice star, Aaron. Have a nice nice system? I guess it's easier to say than Mars Day, because like that's what they're using it for. Like a Martian day, 30 minutes longer Uh than is an Earth day is a soul. I suppose Although, so. But when that's I different. Away from, when I walked away from my first watch, I thought he was, this was like a cynical, like have a nice soul is the entire orbit of Mars around the sun, which I think is like two years, which I think is the length of their contract. Like the next time the Mars rotates mm, into a favorable position. Okay. So like have a nice soul is kind of like enjoy your tour of duty in Vietnam or whatever. Like, well, you know, we've got you here. Welcome to hell, motherfucker. You know, the yeah keith david meme uh but no i think it's it's supposed to be like just kind of like a mars way of saying have a nice day yeah makes sense. nothing nothing about these days look nice uh well it depends on what side of the class divide you're on i could go for some some of that pasta that looks pretty decent true True. some some roasted chicken yeah spinach mushrooms not bad potatoes yeah especially if i got a tv and my own quarters (laughs) and yeah, there's a lot of things to like about the uh, life on the upper decks. Lower decks, not so much. Lower decks are a problem. Mm-hmm. What'd you think about this episode? So that's the thing. It's an interesting because like I noticed this when I was watching it with my son is like I think it's a great episode of television. It's doing a lot of amazing things, but it's a real bummer to watch. It's like a real bummer to see old man Ed be just a shitter, just a worse kind of like coal mining representative you know it, it's really yeah. a bummer to see uh miles like stepping on rake after rake uh in his employment situation on mars and realize that he's helpless against it it's and it's a bummer realizing that like unless we try really hard not to this is what probably the future of space colonization will look like oh exactly you know? like this our yeah. leading proponent and our, 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 you know, the leader of private space flight, Elon Musk, like this is where the storyline's coming from. The tweet that he sent, I think, two years ago where he's like, oh, you know, Mars will need a lot of manpower, but that's OK. Everybody can come. And if you don't have the money, you can get a loan to 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 go to Mars. And it's like, yeah, that that's a scary because like you know you you can see this kind of indentured servitude where it's like you're not really a slave it's just that you'll have to pay money you'll never be able to recoup if you fuck up this financial deal on the company side and the company Mm -hmm. is free to fuck with you and 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 have all their mistakes financed along the way and it's it's like (laughs) kafka-esque yeah totally you know, there are places in the world that this is happening right now. It wasn't but 100 years ago that this shit was not happening in our country. Uh, and it's, it's yeah, it's a real, so it's like, it's a great episode of television, but it feels like shit to watch. 
<laughs> what did you sure. think of it? Yeah, I'm with you. No, I, uh, I really like it, and it's it's my, it's only my faith in people like Danielle Poole that maybe this stuff won't be allowed to happen. But I don't know because you have huge enforcement issues, uh, even if you make the laws, even if you have people in decent positions who are decent people. Uh, how much? How effective can they be against the nameless, faceless corporation? Yeah. Uh, so I I don't know. I I really love seeing a lot of pushback from Danielle and kind of leading the way in spirit too, right? She always has been that kind of guiding light. And I think as Ed has fallen away as like the guy who just out there doing exploration for exploration's sake, Danielle stepped up and really taken that torch and ran with it. And it, it's it's been a while since we've seen it, but like Ed's not been exactly a bastion of progressive movement. You no, know, he's no. I would say small C conservative in almost everything that he does, except when he's got his hand on a fucking stick of a rocket. Then it's then mm. he's as radical a cowboy as you'll ever see. But it's or it's kind of a reminder, yeah. And, and how like it's easy as you get older to be like fuck them, I got mine. You know, because mm-hmm. Ed, yeah. Ed can think about all the Bohica days and all the, you know, two more weeks and the uh, the the deprivations, the friends that he's lost and someone's crying about his paycheck. Mm-hmm. Like you can see where it all comes from. But also, like, it's just astounding to me that people can get in certain positions and completely forget, like, basic human nature in the exact same way it astounds me sometimes that parents can completely forget what it's like to be a child or a teenager when they're going about their parenting it's like yeah yeah ed were you guys happy didn't didn't you go on like weeks-long mutinies didn't one of your buddies go crazy and almost kill you all like (laughs) come on man you guys weren't you guys weren't suffering in silence about all this stuff. But in his mind, it's all the you know the golden days. So. Yeah, nostalgia and, and romancing of history. Um, yeah, recontextualizing it all. So yeah, Ed and he's he's the thing that kills me is he still works for Helios, right? I mean, he is he is the they that he's talking about, the they that's only looking for a buck. He's supporting that system. It's not it's not yeah. like he's outside of it looking in saying, "God, they're so awful." When He's talking he about himself. When he wasn't happy with the duly appointed officials of his country making decisions on his behalf, he threw a fit, said, fuck this, I'm out, mm-hmm. and went and sucked on the corporate teat. Yeah, no, yeah. it's that, that's the thing that's so, and that's like Jack, my son Jack, just because like Ed is his fucking hero, you know? And it was really tough for him to see him in kind of like a villainous role and just like, just being yeah. a being a calcified fart and uh that's why i said it's like you know it's you know uh be 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 careful memento mori be careful this doesn't happen to you one day you know yeah and and i think it's gonna be interesting to see how ed and danielle play off each other this season because i think there's a lot of tension there both internally with ed in his own character his own view of himself and then externally through danielle kind of being the one who has to give him orders now and not being on the same page as him in a lot of regards. Yeah, and I that that friction I got, it's like a real disappointment because you know, you knew that and I, I wish I had said this last week, um, you knew that you're gonna get a hearty bo- high bob at the beginning of this episode. You Absolutely. Know? And that was gonna be yeah. really nice. But yeah, like the way that Ed was kind of treating, like kind of almost humoring Danny's command in a lot of places and like, oh, here's Danny. She's going to try to do the right thing. 
it's just not man it's just hard to watch it's hard to watch and like i don't want to see the old man of mars mutinying against danny saint danny a pool like that's no no yeah i'm with you and man. If, if he does i hope she ships his ass off to the north korean capsule because <laughs> yeah, the bodies are stacking up out there i don't know man yeah yeah there's gonna be a fucking fucking red red october on mars if they don't watch out because they've already got the <laughs> russians with the speakeasies talking about the opium mm-hmm. of masses it's literally that like that piece of communist propaganda where the two shot the one smart shopkeeper or uh worker is explaining to his dumb co-worker about how the bosses are fuck it's like that's it's literally that whole scene was that and things look kind of bad in the old soviet union oh they sure do yeah that margo stuff was was interesting i, I think i know what events are transpiring here but we'll see yeah the, like, Ru- it's a special significance to russian citizens for when swan lake starts playing on all the channels of the state state television networks oh is it i'm not familiar with do you that. not oh because like huh. this i f- learned about this during you know because i don't know if you noticed russia is making national news in the last year or two and it. there was a high profile de- defection slash mutiny uh, that was rolling towards Moscow, and there was a lot of memes going around about all the TVs in Russia playing Swan Lake because there is a history of whenever there's coup attempts, people taking control of the communication centers, putting on, you know, Russians love ballet, just like, you know, oh shit, things are things things are happening. Is, is it regular? Is it a- is it a code word or is it to try and calm the masses? What I think is... it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's to keep, it's like to seize the communications and you don't like, it's ominous to have the t- channels just often having test patterns. And you also can't have your broadcasters who presumably are loyal to the old regime propagandizing. So you just put on they Spawn just Lake. Put reruns just or something Spawn on. Lake. What, what are they, what are they giving away the game for? <laughs> I don't think see I don't that's the thing is I don't think it originally was a giving away the game it's more like I think in the yeah, in yeah. the in the 80s when one of the last of the old line uh what do they call their the 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 the, the guy that sits the premier or whatever um the soviet premier when he died and and the the politburo their their inner circle was having a hard time deciding who was going to be the new one it's kind of like, you know, when they're electing a pope, they all kind of locked themselves in a door and they didn't want any news getting out. And they didn't want. So they just played Swan Lake until they were unified with who they wanted to. And then that started a tradition where every time a leader was deposed or I think most recently in 1991, when the government, uh, when uh, communist hardliners arrested Mikhail Gorbachev and, mm-hmm. and, and marched on the parliament, apparently Boris Yeltsin got on one of the tanks and like with a bullhorn essentially called all loyal Russians that believed in democracy to serve and like thousands of Russians came around and surrounded the tanks and like there was this tense standoff between the military guys like I'm not going to fucking roll over these people and the people like we're not going to and they won continued the freedom for the Russian people and yeah it's a damn shame we're we're warming up to here right like yeah. we're 10 years it's, it's happening a decade late happen, but but yeah. and and i i do wonder because we got a lot of really interesting feedback about uh, analyzing the situation in, in terms of like the uh the yada yada of the last eight to nine years 
But I, I do wonder, like, yeah, why is it collapsing now? And things, you know, things look so up for the Soviet Union. I was not, yeah. you know, I think you even called that like there's something going on. I'm like, I, I can't imagine there might be an attempt, but surely it'll be put down. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Or, may, or maybe the hardliners win and they're just going to return to like the Cold, cold War. I don't know. The, this, so all of the stuff we've talked about, I'm trying to view in the context of Star Trek, right? This is not mm. a dystopian future. This is a utopian future story they're trying to tell. Yeah. So uh, unless they have a multi-arc, uh, multi-season arc, arc for that, I don't think they're going to go down the negative path here. I think, uh, you know, uh, calm, cooler heads will prevail. Things will work out and we'll have a better scenario at the end of the season than we did at the beginning. Well, we know for sh- for sure that like the fall of the Soviet Union would happen a lot different in, during the age of the Internet. So that alone, since the Internet is earlier and it's like this yeah. is happening across everyone's television screen simultaneously. It's not like a miscommunication about the Berlin Wall that mm-hmm. blows up out of control. Like it'll 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 be interesting. And like I said, I don't I don't know, because like the U- the the Soviet Union is still standing to does is like it would it be good for it to fall in 2000 what are we 2003 i don't know uh possibly like or is it better for there to be still a bastion of communism that's kind of working as a counterpart part to american capitalism i i don't fuck i don't know but i mean even their people are very conflicted about it right so right right so, uh, yeah, that's the other thing. And the other, the idea that these Russians are enjoying a certain amount of freedoms and transparency and that being taken away. And I, that's a sad thing. And I was reading about the history of this is just like, yeah, so many brave Russians fought to kind of have some kind of um, form of democracy and representation and and freedoms. And, man, you look at 30 years hence, like a lot of the, the the retrospectives just talk about like there's one from the Soviet commander who was in charge of the tanks and he got awoken in the middle of the night and got this order and he starts um, you know rolling his guys towards that and he resolved as he was like I guess taking command he's like I'm not going to hurt anyone no matter what happens I'm not going to be the guy that gives the order and that's the guy who Boris Yeltsin met and like he spent the rest of his life in like poverty and got drummed out of the military and working menial jobs, barely making like they interviewed because he's guys, I think still alive or he died recently interviewed. And he's just so bitter and disappointed about like what Russia has become from where it was so hopeful in the nineties. And it's like, man, that, that'd be a hell of a story to tell in the middle for all mankind too. But it's almost like so much story that they're setting up in these first two episodes and they're going to have to tell it all over the span of like the next year or so in terms of like, whew, this is going to be an action packed season. I think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we got a lot of, a lot of balls in the air and we haven't even talked about the Kelly and the latest stuff yet. Oh so. my God. And, and also Margo's in the middle of it. Margo <laughs> right, how is she factor in? a disappeared American citizen with no state is going mm-hmm. to be in the middle of this fucking riot. And what is that going to do to the international situation? Cause it seems like, Oh boy! Oh boy! This was not the this was not the bullfinch being being patient for winter to 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 thaw. This bullfinch. <laughs> this I, bullfinch. I, I think she was trying to be patient. That's the thing. Like she just got caught up in yeah by wading into police brutality against the well yeah. Like, I mean, I'll, I she was know. just curious. She's a curious. Pretty person. bold. Pretty bold bullfinch, if you ask me. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the recap. 
Yeah, let's do it. You're listening to Hi Bob. We'll be right back. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints. Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Hi, Bob. Welcome back to more For All Mankind. We start off with Miles, transport dropping down from Phoenix to Happy Valley, where he meets Palmer James, the director of Helios Human Services, uh, the HR of space, I guess, uh, who gives him, uh, his group, an orientation speech and a brief tour before heading to their quarters several stories below the surface. The tragedy of this is, like, everyone stepping off this shuttle was sufficiently awe-inspired by the place that they were at, and they were all ready to accept deprivations and hardship. What mm-hmm. they weren't ready to accept is, like, bullshit and lies and contractual obligations that the company's going to weasel out of. It's just, like, it's it's interesting to watch the idealism of all these new guys, and, like, they're all like, oh, my God, look at Sojourner, and, like, this is so fucking cool. Like, just the, the, the reality of being on another planet, and it's so jarring to see ed yank that knot in his tail at the end of towards the end of the episode like no we saw these people came here for yeah sure they want to make a buck but they weren't here expecting like to be treated like princesses you know princes and princesses and i uh it just it just it just sucks because like i just watch miles kind of be charmed by everything and and then Mm -hmm. but you see the like oh base script you you know the word script (laughs) the company currency that's never a good sign we live pretty close to Appalachia, and you hear the word "script," and people mm-hmm. reach for their reach for their back the, their back pockets to cover their wallet and put a hand on their gun because that the whole company store. I, 
you load 16 tons one you get another day yep. older and deeper in debt uh yep tennessee ernie ford he knew what's up i wonder if that, that's that that song's gotta go that's that's gotta be a needle drop at some point like i, I i'm <laughs> loving certainly i'm loving the gorillas i'm loving the lyrics porn but you gotta someone's gotta be loading 16 tons of lithium oh, <laughs> this, yeah. this season at some point uh i really would have liked a better shot of sojourner one as we come down i wanted to see what it looks like because I'm, I'm sure it hasn't decayed much at all i just wanted oh, to see yeah. the 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 hulk of it um it would have been nice to see like like a shot of the shuttle cruising by and you're on the ground kind of shooting over this old but like uh-huh. i think the point also was like yep this is just you're just you're just rushing past all these wonders and get underground like and all this, this is going to be stuff. your experience. Like all these these amazing things to be experienced out here on the surface, and you're kept at a distance from all of it. These aren't for you. These are yeah. not for you. These are for the um, astronauts and cosmonauts and the scientists. They are not for you. Yeah, it took me like his frustration all the way is our my second watch just to understand that that's what they're doing there. Uh, at least I think they are. I'm gonna give them I the think so, of the and, and it works really well because I'm the same way. I'm like with Miles. I'm trying to crane. And I'm look at you know. I'm still mm-hmm. you know when I get an airplane. So when I get a window seat on an airplane, I'm still fucking impressed with it. You know. Yeah, uh, but now you're getting to get through his cell zoomed in cell phone view. Yeah, and he doesn't even have a great view of it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he's Palmer. This guy, he's not the typical HR director. I'm gonna say, he's got much more of a military background. Obviously gotta be ex ex nasa right if he's if he's ed's right hand man oh yeah for sure i wonder if have we ever seen i, I wonder if this guy was like a background guy like a, a a younger dude on the moon or something maybe maybe he, his face looks is, familiar but i'm yeah. i can't place it right but then again it's like you know how many people has ed worked for in the last 20 30 years during the space program he just kind of like seems like he's from that mold Mm-hmm. And the way he talks, the way he talks, he's either yeah. like super stolen valor or he's served something somewhere, you know? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. No, he, <laughs> he might have been a drill sergeant at one point. He also dropped the word pogue on Miles. Do you know Do you know what that means? Huh. That's like a pejorative in the military for a person other than grunt, like the support staff. Huh. Okay. You know? uh, so him, like, that seems like he's drawn a distinction from himself and this guy who's, you know, you're not, a, you're not, you're not ex-military or ex-nasa or whatever yeah you're soft whatever uh they have mars time watches apparently 2.75 percent longer days up here on mars and and this is why elon will get away with the indentured servitude because (laughs) okay I'd almost do the two-year tour just for a martian watch right (laughs) like you go back you go back to earth and you got that fucking thing uh-huh. That's a flex. It'll be a flex probably for this entire generation because there's going to be so few people that make it. But like, yeah, yeah. if you wash out, you don't get to keep that watch. So because that's the thing. I think if I went into this deal with my eyes wide open, I think I'd still take it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, two years of your life for My- Miles says less than he was making at home. I was under the impression that he was making nothing at home, but. He's making. I think he was like looked like he was working at like a quick tire change place or something. Like I, yeah, I don't think he's making enough to cover a family of four in That's this economy. Just crazy man, that is crazy. Yeah. You go millions of miles from Earth, and you spend two years in extreme circumstances in deprivation, 
and you're making at least 30% less than you were before? Or most 30%? 16 tons. I mean, it's like, right? Like, you could say the same thing about, like, I go down into the bowels of this mountain. I break my back every day to load 16 tons. Fill my lungs with stuff that's going to kill me. And I'm broker than I was the day before. Like, how can these... But, like, it's because people are desperate and people don't read the fine print and even if they do read the fine print they think well surely i'll get the bonuses because i'm gonna work real hard and everybody's gonna work real hard not thinking that like shit that is not your responsibility might yeah it's Mm -hmm. that's what but i'm saying it it, if they if they do do this it will fucking work and it always will because there's always going to be desperate people wanting to better themselves and there's always going to be people that take that gambit and you know you'll get the disney story about the one broke ass oil rig guy that went to mars and you know saved the day and Mm -hmm. made his millions and everybody else be chasing it you know the moon miners on television everybody getting rich off the moon it's like yeah it's like it's always like yeah for sure uh, a, lot of, it, a lot of propaganda out there with that Moon Miners show. At, at least in this colonization, there's not like existing Martians that we're going to exploit and eradicate to make room for, like, you know, I guess although uh, the microbes. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Still not the same. Still not the same. So there's, sure. there's I guess, that one one uh, silver lining. Yeah, we don't know if the microbes are up there yet. Kelly's program got cut short. Um. So we're also on Mars still, and the Bobs say hi to each other. Uh, Ed gives Danielle a tour of the facilities. She spots Lee, the North Korean, the first first man on Mars, tries to say a friendly hello, but he's with a North Korean superior who keeps his hello very reserved. That's tough. Um, like I said, this is a just yeah. like, I kind of emotionally wanted one episode just to have the Bobs you know in peace and harmony with no problems and kind of be nostalgic and that but that's not what they're doing they're you that's one not scene. What the situation is yeah you get you one, want one episode you get one scene and it's so this show's so smart because like i knew it was going to be a problem when you know gregory kusnatov and this and and this is what tom parker i forget his name see it's part of the problem go out there and they both get killed and only one of them gets the 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 headlines and then now on mars all the nasa folks are wearing his name his initials on a patch but not the it's like it's almost like i don't know that i believe it that people would be this tone deaf that you would have the loss of two guys and only one of the initials get worn like that's so that's so callous and cruel to the people that you're working shoulder to shoulder with that like it's got to be a revolution. Well, I think that's the thing. They're not working shoulder to shoulder, right? Um, True. The, these people are tucked away underneath in the bowels of the base. That's how it works. You other it just you doesn't segregate. interface with them. Yeah. So, like, you know, the only time you have contact these people, they're complaining to your face. And it's like, fuck you, man. I've ate a face full of shit to be on Mars. I don't want to hear. Yeah, we're eating, we're eating kale and fresh steamed broccoli and and homegrown martian noodles now but you know you should have seen the mres we were eating in the 70s and yeah i got mine no they need some kind of rotation for quarters and food and stuff where you know certain number of people uh both new and old recruits get uh the shit food and the shit quarters and then you know, you do your duty there and you go to the the domes or whatever they have upstairs. 
Then you need to live like a king. And then you go back to the shit thing so you can appreciate what you had up there, you know? I have a prediction. What's that? I think someone's going to kill this tree as an act of oh my God. economic terrorism. The apple tree? John? Yeah, I think they're... <laughs> Who's going to cut down the apple tree? <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I think there's someone's going to Johnny... They're going to either George Washington it... Mm-hmm. Or they're going to round it up. They're going to do something because this is obviously a big symbol to the topsiders about how far they've gone on Mars. And it's going to be, but I don't know, like I said, he's going to wait until it bears fruit and then he's going to take all the fruit from it and make vodka. Because, because ultimately, because we've been talking about like there's nothing that's going to stop the wheels of capitalism is going to grind the way they do. But like, what if they're telling the story of a, a strong leader like Danielle Poole who can see the tensions and do enough? Because, like, I also think if everyone was had the same deprivations, like, okay, mm-hmm. the topsiders of seniority, they do get the nice windows, and they do get to go topside, and that's really cool, and, you know, we can't, you know. But, like, if they're all eating the same food, if they all had, like, if, if everyone had the bandwidth ration evenly, um, and so maybe, like, like I said, I, I think people, it's like, that's human nature, is that we will endure shocking deprivations as long as we're all in it together you know sure uh and if if danielle seems smart enough to realize that and i hope that she can get enough support and kind of with guerrilla warfare type of programs like restoring bandwidth i hope maybe maybe she can she can turn it around yeah she's got a tough road ahead of her though because the the forces outside of this base the political forces are really putting pressure on on places that she doesn't have control over, you know. Yeah, um, she has and control she over Mars. She can do anything she wants up here because she's the commanding officer, and people have to listen to her. But if the president calls her back, like calls up Hobson and says, "Hey, we need to get Daniel off there. Let's get somebody from Helios up there commanding this yeah. thing." Yeah, she's gone. You know, and she doesn't even have her whole staff behind her. Like Ed seems like he is. Again, humoring her at best. He has not agree or bought in on any of her her worldviews that she's coming away with. Yeah, absolutely. Be a problem, seems like. But it works out in this episode. And man, they have me trained to think the worst of every scene. Like, oh, here's how it's going to go spectacularly wrong, right? Yeah. Going to hook up one Cat 5 cable too many and boom, the whole thing's (laughs) exploded. Yep. Uh, But we'll get there. Uh, with this apple tree experiment, it, it's just a taste of kind of the hydroponics and the the growth operation they have up there. Because apparently mm-hmm. they're growing three quarters of their food. Shocking! There that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we didn't get to see how they're doing that, but maybe in future episodes. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go back to Miles. His group is given a tour of the lower decks. They're told not to go in the North Korean part of Level Three. The North Korean compound is entirely separate. No one goes in there. Yeah, Miles is supposed to be on the surface doing mining and stuff, and now he finds out because the asteroid mining is shutting down, the projects are being cut, that he's just going to be a glorified HVAC guy, which I think if that was the only disappointment would be, you know, would be rolled with. But um, the other thing that I want to talk about that, you know, because like there's so much to talk about with the arrival of uh, Miles is they had this established shot of Happy Valley, which I thought Happy Valley looked huge when we were just like seeing old man, you know, at nighttime with old man Mars looking out his window. 
but when you see like the the minivan the martian minivan uh mm-hmm. and i just love how efficient it is you know like it's got like the airlock on the top to, to drive under the shuttle just drive right underneath it and get everybody out and there's an airlock on the back where you can just pull up like a semi at walmart and get your all your supplies and goods and people out um but like it looks so tiny and then you realize that it's because it's goes down deep and i wonder if they're like like if their food ops are like underground it would make sense right yeah yeah it could be um i mean it's like yeah was everything there aside everything from on top side has got to be more expensive and probably da- more dangerous because you know in terms of like radiation yeah. and whatnot so mm-hmm. I don't know. Happy Valley is cool. It's like it's it's yeah, it's going to five floors deep and the bottom two are under construction, which seems like that's where all the work like that's where the speakeasy is like. Oh, you think so? Ilya's I think so. I think I understood that. that, that yeah, it's on one of the restricted areas that, you know, nice. They're kind of it, it's like I said, this is, is so he on the construction team. Is that how he's able to get away with that? Ooh. There, there's got he's got to have some kind of connect that puts him in connection with you know the ports and the facilities and yet he's also be able to squirrel away the speakeasy thing just all under the base command too that's the other because like no one approved mm-hmm. this surely you uh, wouldn't think so yeah I don't know maybe he's plying Ed with like cheap you know, I don't know bathtub vodka or something this this shit just feels so the expanse it oh, feels yeah. belter as fuck down down there everyone's speaking yeah, this is the guy with the chickens and... this is yeah this we've yeah. seen this exact thing uh-huh. on the expanse before uh-huh um yeah so like you said miles is assigned as an hvac guy since uh he's supposed to be working on the asteroid program but it's stalled um things are really not turning out like he expected and then he goes and meets his bunk makes uh bunk mates um gerardo Ilya, Jerry, and I think Samantha Massey is also in this scene, but I couldn't tell. They don't introduce her yet. We've seen her in previous episodes. That's um, Cousin Mary from Downton Abbey, right? <laughs> well, not literally, but yes. Not literally, but looks yeah. Like uh-huh. uh, he finds a picture in his bunk of Parker, the dead astronaut from the failed asteroid mission. Oof. That's got to be a bad omen, right? Yeah, just like it reminds me a lot of like that um, Band of Brothers episode, The Replacements, where it's like how hard it is to be the guy who's joining after yeah. the crew after someone's dead. It's like it's it's already like, you know, you're homesick and you're in a scary thing. And then like you kind of want to find that esprit de corps, but like your squad mates are not ready for it yet. Yeah, and too much it's baggage just, there. It turns around like I think that they finally embrace him by the end, but like they they could have they could have uh, played that off for a couple more episodes because yeah, it's just rough and the, the way she came. Yeah, I think she was Sam was there because she's the one that takes the photo from him when he finds okay. it. You know, his dead man's family in his bunk, which that's the other thing. I think that they kind of were hinting that like you know when the the uh, the the HR guy is talking about how they radiated the shit out of everything to keep on how like hygienic ever, and it's like well how well did you really clean this guy's bunk if you didn't catch the photo that was yeah. shoved between the mattress and the crease? Like, what else is down there, you know? Mm-hmm. Ugh. <laughs> Fair point. I didn't think about that. Hot bunking. It's been two months, too. It's not like they didn't have time because they established it's been at least two months uh, from Danny's speech. 
since yeah, the, I mean, be- uh, between the time of you know him taking off from Earth and getting oh, just to Mars, getting to Mar- is yeah, take right, some time. yeah, a month or so. Um, did did we? I like this picture on the wall of the surface of Mars. It's like this token of, oh yeah, here's where you are. You'll never see this in person. He might as well. He might as well have stayed home and put a picture of the surface of Mars in his bedroom. That's the thing. Like, how much would it cost to put some flat screen TVs that you could tune into? To, you know, like on the four, you got like four walls, you got four screens, and you got a camera that looks out over the four directions. That like that would be. Just getting yeah. this natural day-night cycle would be something, right? Yeah, that would be much better than some static poster. And it's just a shitty one. Like, it's like the cheapest kind uh-huh. of poster frame you get out of Michael's, you know. <laughs> it's not even a very good shot of the surface. No. It's just like flat nothing. Mars has a lot of mountains and shit, and they don't get any of that in the photo. Yeah, it's like something that literally Sojourner took. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of something, you know, because I, I kept on thinking like, a, you know, we watch Silo and like, you know, the whole big thing in Silo's got the one outside camera that everybody and it's like, why can't you, mm-hmm. you, you got to do at least as good as the dystopian Silo show, you know, <laughs> right. if, if you're not treating your workers at least as good as dystopian Silo show, then I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I mean, this might turn into that show eventually. Who knows? We are mm. underground. That's true. Another hundred levels will be in Silo City. <laughs> <laughs> Get busy, Ilya. Get busy digging. Yep. Uh, Danielle addresses her new subordinates with a speech honoring Grigori and asking for their help in the coming challenges. She says there will never be a penalty for speaking the truth. It's a great philosophy. Can she keep that promise? I don't know. I mean, it's a great speech. It's uh, mm-hmm. Danielle and in, inspire of men and women. Uh, yeah, I love it, and and then you know, like that's also it's it's all real, you know. Like she did love Coos, and uh, this man did want his sacrifice to mean something. And um, the thing is, is uh, and she says we were in it together, and we're in it together now. Um, I did think it was interesting that like none of the lower deck people, like this felt like a bridge speech, you know. Mm-hmm. Totally, uh, none of the none of the lower decks are hearing this, and I wondered if that was like. It seems like a mis- if she, it is a mistake, it's one that she's trying to rectify even in this episode. But like, I think so. Are, are the lower decks invited to the soccer match at the end? I man, how many people I are in Happy tell. Valley? Because like, it seemed to me that this was all of like the scientists. But, but I don't know. Maybe I, I was because like, if Miles was in that room, I'm assuming not. He was not in that room. He was down watching the videos. Him and Samantha were both in their quarters. So right. So but, but they I'm seemed betting. they were alone there, so I don't know. It was in the cafeteria where it's like there's the other mm-hmm. things. I don't understand why not ever everyone can't go to the cafeteria. Like right. maybe the food's more expensive. But like if you want to charge yourself, if you're a lower debt. Yeah, that's some that's shit. That's a fucked up thing. Because uh, like yeah, maybe it's twice, three it. times as much, and like you know most of the lower decks are trying to save money. But like you want it's your birthday, you want to treat yourself. Go up to the. The Lido deck and and get get with the the real buffet. No, you can't. I wonder if the script works up there. I bet it does. Mm. Get them to buy in on the script, right? Yeah, but it's almost like they're treating like an officer's mess, where it's like they really just, are. Yeah, yeah. Get out of here, enlisted. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep, huge class divide. There, there's a literal class divide here. You can't even walk in the same halls as the people on the upper levels. 
All right, let's go over to Aleda. Her husband wakes up in the middle of the night, finds her trying to fix their TV. She's got it completely disassembled on the floor. He tells her, look, this erratic behavior and, and depressive, erratic depressive behavior has to stop. And he suggests she go back to NASA, but she insists that she can't. He gets very angry. Uh, uh, I don't yeah. know. He needs to readjust his worldviews, I think, because in my mind, there is no connection between moping around and playing Guitar Hero. Shame on him. <laughs> She's been doing it for three months. It's starting to feel like a cry for help. Yeah, you know? I suppose so. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I thought this is, I thought this was a pretty good spouse scene, you know, like he clearly has not, you know, given her time to kind of figure things out and he's observed her in a pattern of probably self-destructive soothing behaviors that are not sustainable. And he's like starting to affect the kids cause they're worried about like, you know, when what's going on with mom and. You know, he's not making demands and not making any ultimatums, but he's just like pointing out that like you can't stay here. Like you cannot. This is not a good place to just be stuck at. Mm-hmm. Um, it is too bad to see, especially with the. It's funny that the. I was trying to think of it. It feels anachronistic in two thousand three for a person to be this anti mental health, but like they also mentioned that the president is making it a priority, so maybe that like the 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 progress we made in mental health in our world we made so much progress in like sex and and gender equality that like that never happened you know or it took a back um, seat at least yeah Maybe. yeah because i was but but also like that's 20 years ago like yeah it, it was certainly more stigmatized 20 years ago than it is now but not that like I was like I you know I was a pretty pretty fundamentally conservative kind of Christian person at that point and I was getting therapy but then mm-hmm. again I was like the the young generation so mm-hmm. but so was a lady yeah I don't know I can't quite figure out if she's just being stubborn and she's trying to subconsciously you know keep keep doing the things that she's doing or or what because it does seem like a lot of the NASA stuff is relating from this trauma you know um she's playing oh, it off yeah, i yeah. think in the by in this episode it's like oh well it's not that i'm to traumatize the work at nasa it's just nasa's different which no. it is she's but, traumatized yeah, i mean the flashbacks I, uh yeah the, the whole scene with hobson later tells you everything you need to know about it i wonder if Aleda like subconsciously she sees this like because obviously she jumps into this mission like the idea of robotic exploration where she's not going to have lives on the line like uh-huh. that really appeals to her like okay i can still be in space i can still do science I can still contribute to humanity, but I don't have to worry about anyone ever dying because I'm freaking out about this, that, or the other. Like, yep. that's... Absolutely. No, it seems like a perfect solution for both of them, honestly. Um, it's not a way to heal, though. It's a way to just, like, sure. my arm's broken, so I'm not going to use it anymore. Yeah, it's yeah. Not it's like avoidance I need to set behavior. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, this is just who Aleda is, right? I mean, I look at Aleda and her history over the last few seasons and she has been the person who goes her own way um like she fights and kicks against a lot of stuff and Mm -hmm. this feels like just an outcropping of her personality you know but she's not like stuck in her ways like she can when called for it you know like make peace with bill and even become good friends with him and she can recognize you know she's 
and and the, the way that you know the fact that she has spoke to somebody and she was on medication shows that you know at one point she was on board with that kind of stuff so see i, I just wonder it's like what what happened in that process that you mm-hmm. know i, I wonderful explorers like why is she so anti kind of personal development she just wants to find a new work to throw throw herself into and kind of bury her head into yeah i get the feeling the therapy didn't go well in her mind probably because yeah. of her probably she was not well, saying the things that are really bothering her and yeah. she, she was fighting the not therapy taking it serious and also yeah. maybe she had a shitty therapist because a lot of people you know That's therapists you. just like be. anybody else you get good ones and bad ones have you ever had a bad doctor you ever had a bad doctor that makes you feel bad for going through them well you can get that in therapy too so sure but i, but yeah, I, 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 I she'll get past this She'll, yeah. you know, like you said, she she is resistant to a lot of good things as they come her way, but she's also eventually open to them. And I think she she knows how to get past this. It's just going to take a lot of doing, a lot of time, and a lot of struggle. Yeah, I, I hope that because to me, I see this thing that she's doing with Kelly as like a form of self medication. You know, she's totally she, again, yeah. she's not taking care of herself. She's just distracting herself and. I hope that she finds peace eventually throughout this this series, but uh, we'll we'll see. Mm-hmm. All right, Miles tries to view a D mail from his family, but it's not streaming. He's told that the bandwidth downstairs is poor, and nobody's got any comms for weeks. This is wild to me. I so I guess it's only downloaded part of this video because of the poor bandwidth. And, and it's playing the part that it has. I, I was like, are they seriously streaming stuff they're from streaming. Earth? But they're not. They're, they're the, streaming they're not. stuff from Earth. That's the only explanation. Because it's I, not the interbase. <laughs> it's the communication satellite. That's psychotic. That's psychotic. You wouldn't stream stuff from Earth. You would download it. <laughs> and it would become available when the entire thing is there, right? So you've never seen a corporation implement something in a shitty way that is completely... <laughs> with no fail-safes, yeah. With, with, with no consideration to uh, things being more efficient or... I haven't seen it. I haven't I seen mean, it I mean, look happen. at... Why have I not been able to play a video on the front page of Reddit on my mobile device for about two and a half years now? Like, it's a complete crapshoot wow. whether it'll play or not when I hit the play button. <laughs> uh you know i've never I, seen the episode of a new season of game of thrones come out and it be really hard to stream it and all sorts of problems no okay i know you're joking because we, <laughs> okay yeah totally uh um, you're right it happens it happens all the time but it is yeah it is hard to believe and like the idea that like it almost I almost feel like it was written heavy handed like the top siders are so but like I don't know because there's a lot of history where like people can get that way where it's just like well why do they need bandwidth you know well uh, it's it, that's the thing like okay it's, it's one thing for it to be a huge disparity and a very obvious thing when you look at it and it's another thing uh-huh. f- to write it that way you know it is written yeah. heavy handedly they there are five scenes in this episode six seven scenes in this episode that are all about that yeah so it seems like you would implement some kind of rationing system where it's like you know uh the top siders will get their messages on monday wednesday friday and the lower decks will get them on tuesday thursday saturday and 
you know, still unbalanced, but it's just like, yeah, the, the, the fact that the topsiders have everything that they would want and they want for nothing except for, oh, they're, they're dying on dangerous missions. But then the lower deck guys are too. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's just really it's just really fucked and depressing. <laughs> what would probably happen is they'd assign somebody back on Earth to look through the messages, determine which ones are actually important, and then send those along and yeah. hold the others for later when the bandwidth problems are fixed. Right? And that's the that's the thing. It's like it, it does seem like the topsiders, the upper deck people, are using their position is like, oh well this is mission critical communication between uh-huh. the scientists, yeah. but like some of it is. Yeah. And but and and probably it is. But Danny also sees like, yeah, you talking to Kelly. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's privilege. That's not mission critical. T minus three seconds until the ad. Touchdown, and we're back. All right. Um, you know, we just talked about one scene where they make it pretty obvious that there are some disparities between the classes here let's go to the montage where that's all they do they contrast the upper levels with the lower levels uh danielle's life is comparatively nice she's schmoozing with her crew in open spaces while miles is working the cramped uncomfortable tunnels downstairs and this montage ends with miles working on the hvac upstairs and getting disrespected by someone from the happy valley upper class not even disrespected not treated like a person yeah, he's treating Miles like he's subhuman. Fuck this guy. Yeah. I could not hate him more. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I love that. Yeah, the, I thought the... Uh, it's an int- Look, I love the I love gorillas. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, nothing wrong with dropping Clint Eastwood. It's a weird choice, though, isn't it? It doesn't have anything in terms of... Yeah. I guess it is. I, I guess... It's- I guess was Abe the funky homo, uh, homo sapien is kind of talking about like corporations pulling the wool over your eyes it kind of gets there a little bit at the end but it's hearing it in this show has made me realize I've never actually listened to the lyrics of that <laughs> I know some of the lyrics like the yeah. future is coming on but I don't know what the context for any of those lyrics are. it is that and that's the future is coming and this is the future right, right. and yeah. it's it's like uh, meet the old boss new boss same as the old boss like Miles is you know like the totally he, you can't get away from it because it's just the way we organize humanity right now. Uh, yeah. In, in the, so the free crazy. markets. And, I mean, it's not crazy. We got here. That's the thing. It's like, it's like we got here for a reason. It is crazy. It's like people, What's people, living in, people living in castles in a medieval period, they weren't crazy for doing the serfdom shit. Like it was just, this is all natural outcroppings and growings from more and more organized human societies. And we just haven't quite figured out how to grow beyond our current bullshit but well i say it's crazy because what what is it in service of what is the goal of organizing ourselves this way uh because every other way we've tried is worse and leads to famine and starvation and this one does too but maybe less of it and we get shinier nicer things and things get cheaper over time i think that's why we put up with it feels like just expansion expansion is the goal i mean that's always the goal of humanity right like i mean it's the goal of every living thing too really like you try to you try to grow and take up as much space and everything else tries to do the same and may the best organism why don't we get past that why don't we get past that we've done that our planet (laughs) is dominated by us can we not figure out a way to stop focusing on expansion at all cost maybe focus on quality of life one billion years of 
nature red in tooth and claw and we've had about 10,000 years of civilization we could fix it just we haven't quite got it we haven't quite got all the monkey monkey shit out of our brains all right i know but we have to keep talking about it we have to figure it out because this is unsustainable unsustainable and i do wonder like literally uh, people people watching this like um is is that right does yeah like uh are there people that like watch this and like are think it's wild or they think it's like super preachy or they you know oh, it's I'm like sure. I, I just wonder like what it is that, what what other perspectives because like obviously i'm primed for all this like this is kind of like yeah i'm i'm ready to hear this message this this is kind of preaching to the choir but like can people mm-hmm. look at the current state of our space expansion and the current way that the world looks and the people who are leaders in space and the things that they're saying about how they want to organize and colonize planets and think that this isn't what we're kind of sleepwalking towards i'm sure they're out there yeah like there might be different solutions they have but like can we all agree on on the 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 problem uh right that that we that we can or maybe it's just like yeah so that's a tragedy but if you try to do any other way you'd have bigger ones i don't know yeah it's it's funny if we drill down well, that's like, an easy that's an easy excuse right like yeah the what if we tried something different is is tough to sell because yeah. the thing we're doing is working for some people and those people have the positions of power that and they're it's getting about, all yeah. the benefits and like right. why would they give that up it's a hard yeah. fight to get them to give that up for in favor of something better for more people yeah yeah, and and they have a disproportionate amount of the economic and and the mm-hmm. political power too. So what are you going to do? I, the particulars of this I thought were really funny, like Danny having her own private room, gazing out at his beautiful Martian landscape, mm-hmm. smash cut to Miles having to watch his roommate clip her f- fucking toenails. <laughs> Uh, yeah. which you would you you would in the kind of dorm dorm room environment but it's just yeah it's kind of it's kind of gross and I mean uh, it had everything but like the toilet spraying miles in the face right <laughs> it's like that would have been the capper yeah you see Danny and how like camar- camaraderie there she yeah. shares with her people and everyone takes her serious and listens to her and then miles is getting browbeat by some dude that's like you know treating him like he's a fucking idiot and the, yeah, just the, the life is severe, right? He doesn't have time for small talk. They've got fifteen things on their list that they got to do today. Yeah, she's she's getting espresso out of machine. He's filling up instant coffee from the sink water, and <laughs> and uh, and and like the, yeah, uh, the, the, the weird like the free the bowls the of free condoms. I thought that was like an interesting. Oh, I missed that. What? Yeah, there's this wall dispenser that has a bunch of Magnum condoms and it says, help yourself. Like the things that are free. And it's like, well, why? Oh, because they don't want people getting pregnant or getting diseases because that's extra money. Wait, like, they're all, the things. They're all, yeah. they're all Magnums? I did know Does Mars gravity do something to the <laughs> size of. Yeah, it it's like you know how uh, they say the astronauts they get that moon face and like their 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 bodies start hold they kind of getting swollen out and bloated that the this yeah it's it's the Martian chode it's it's the diagnosed Martian chode syndrome Jesus just the thickest swollenest are yeah. you kidding me I can get a watch and a Martian chode sign me up sign yes. me up you get an extra thirty minutes a day and half an inch in diameter. Just sign up. Sign up on the line, Dusty Duster. Uh, oh man, I, I do love how I do love how it all comes together. Where the you know Miles is calling the lift and Danny's getting on the lift, and then the door opens and a split screen is unit. Yeah, that's, 
it's unified Su- and they nice. walk past each other yeah yeah and, and they nice. don't even say hi right like there's no no uh-uh. there's no greeting there there's no nothing from danielle who's schmoozing with everybody else why isn't she schmoozing with this guy and yet without comprehensively talking to the lower decks just strolling through she's able to get a vibe yeah that is the thing i i you know danny might not say hi here but she she's looking she's understanding these people you by observing the disparity and care yeah and that's that's what's so funny it's like you don't even have to like ask for people's lived experiences you can just like walk oh shit i live in this airy light place with you know catered meals and unlimited bandwidth and and privacy and these other people are living in shithole type environments like dark yeah no light no good food um yeah this is the this is the future that ed wants that's the thing that just i keep coming back to Ed has no problems with how martian society is organized i mean why would he he gets He's smoking his hydroponic smoke. weed <laughs> right and stare <laughs> out at the mars sunset sure uh all right let's go over to earth real quick we are at the carl sagan center for planetary science which i think is a standard for the research center over at seti i don't know um anyway a robot is exploring a mock lava tube kelly's educating administrator hobson on the likely place to find life on mars um the helios robotic tests are going extremely well However, Hobson tells her that her research operation is being shut down in favor of getting the asteroid capture program back on track. Yeah, uh, this, this totally makes sense. Well, I was wondering last episode, like, what does Kelly do? Um, aside from staying at home, taking care of her child, that didn't seem like it would totally fulfill her. Well, turns out she's been doing a lot of shit. She's been working on a program to find life on Mars. Uh and it seems to be going pretty well and she's excited about it yeah that's the thing that i guess is kind of like the kind of sad to me about where we're at with exploration of space is that it's less and less about humans going out and doing it and i understand why like why would you send a person to mars and you have to figure out how they're going to drink water and eat food and how they're going to stay happy and not get depressed and not go crazy where you can send a robot to take soil samples and look for life and look for water and do all the things that a human can do. Maybe not as well now, mm-hmm. but yeah, cause we're thinking like, Oh, it's, it's, there's going to be life on Mars and that's going to bring Kelly back. This It's like Kelly never left space. Kelly has been raising a, a, a child alone. Why she's sending, you know, programming Mars to her robots explore Mars. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. We were, right but also completely wrong um yeah I think, I think um, it, apparently they're contracting i think with helios yeah. right because they, they said or, or not with helios sorry with uh the dev is's new robotics company i guess he left helios and now he's he's working on robotics which raises a lot of questions ex- for me but th- this makes sense right you does it because i thought it answered industry. a lot like because we were i was like how did dev survive the you know destruction of helios and how's he going but like it seems like the, he spun off another tech company and surprise surprise yeah. he's going to be working with some of the principles on for all mankind it answers those questions but, but this whole episode i'm starting to wonder in retrospect about who was the real villain last season? Because I felt like Dev at some point turned a corner into, he, he had a heel turn where he became sure. a bit of a villain. Yeah. A um, a, a, around, yeah, the, the whole rescue mission out in space. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if we won't realize by the end of this that, that Richard 
Hilda Beast or whatever his name is, the the co <laughs> co founder of Helios yeah. is not Richard the real Water villain. Buffalo. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, or is Hilliard, the real, I think it is. But or is the real villain capitalism? You know. Well, it always is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at uh, least in modern times. But yeah. but I I'm looking at Dev and I'm thinking, okay, well he he left Helios. Helios is doing all these really horrible, you know, company store debt debtors prison type shit up on right. Mars. Is that because he left and Richard is the guy who's really pushing that stuff and now Dev is out there exploring again with robotics? Because yeah, there's profit in robotics. There's just like there's profit in Helium three and all the stuff that Dev mm-hmm. was doing at Helios, but he's he's out there with exploration goals whereas i don't feel like that's the goal from helios no helios is all about extracting profit it seems like um it's a good question and uh yeah i i'm 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 not i'm not sure but uh, yeah because he's not doing it right it's nasa nasa has always been the force for exploration um doing it for the right reasons and then you just have them contracting with the private companies so I I don't know I I am it's just like that's the thing like it's like I, back. I do find it hard to believe that Dev in the in the you know Water Buffalo's place wouldn't make the exact same decisions based on what I because you know Dev is all ta- a good game about talking egalitarianism and stuff like that but clearly you know is an animal farm situation where not not all not all the animals are equal um, in his eyes so it's like yeah. that and that's that's what starts it all that's the well, for him, it was about ego, it felt, more more so than the profits, right? Because he was throwing money down a hole last season to try and get to Mars, but that was all ego-driven, right? His ego-driven, but wasn't also like he... I, I thought there was like, you know, ah, that's I'm trying to think last year, because like the thing yeah, is, I don't know, because like... Because I, I thought last year he was talking about how, yeah, he's like pursuing the profits, but it's just to keep the board happy and he just wants to explore. But like, was that? Yeah, but then he know, wouldn't help out. He also the wanted to win in trouble. Yeah. And it's like when you're talking about people that are like billionaires, like. I think saying that like greed is the motivator is not 100 percent the accurate answer. It's more of like, you know, mm-hmm. power and winning. Yeah. And money is just one of the ways you keep score. It's one of the totally. victory point conditions that we recognize in the game of life. So, yeah, um, but I I do want to see what Dev is up to, um, and I, yeah. I'd like to see more of Hilda Beast because I, I want to contrast the two. I want to see if I can detect like the true behind the scenes nature of what was going on it and we met him because he had several conversations with karen it's like it seemed like if anything he was kind of the moral center of helios and dev was kind of the guy who's the hypocrite and fat playing fast and loose and egomaniac but maybe maybe if he got the power for a decade uh it's it's switched yeah maybe um so let's go over to Ed and Danielle grabbing some pasta and talking about Kelly. She apparently hasn't responded to Ed yet um, after he told her that he's not coming back. And Danielle points out that he's been delaying her. Yeah, we knew we knew this. And now it's just the Danny's yeah. not going to because he's like, oh, you know, I had to make sure that you had. It's like Danny's like, ah, don't you push that bullshit off on me, Ed. It's Danny being observant and insightful yet again yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, these people have seen each other for so long and known each other under so many stressful situations that, like, you got to, like, they have to be almost as intimate as, like, a married couple. Oh, you know? yeah. In terms of, like, being able to read their facial expressions, body language, you know, when they're yeah, lying. Yeah, I mean, that high bob stuff is, is a... Yeah. Is a... This is a way to say Indicator of that, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, there's so much baggage in High Bob that it's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a serious relationship. And and I love this scene because it's doing a lot of things at once, right? Um, it's mm-hmm. pointing out that uh, it's doing some character development. It's telling us that Kelly is very pissed at Ed, hasn't spoken to him, but it's also showing us the class divide here, showing us how observant Danielle is, uh, how much they mean to each other. And doing just a lot of world building too. They're talking about how they're growing three quarters of their food up here now. Um, they have not only not only are there two options on the menu for the upper deckers here, and they're both fancy, but they can have both if they want. They can say, "I, I want a second meal." <laughs> can they really? Is that something I don't want? Yeah, Ed's like, "I'll also have the pasta," because he got the chicken, and he he says, "I'll also have a pasta." Oh, I thought he was saying I'll also have the pasta because that's what Danny got. But he's double fisting. Oh, pasta and oh, chicken. Maybe it is. Yeah, I might have misread that. <laughs> I like the old man of Mars the doubling up, doubling up. Like, couldn't he though? He's the EXO. Of course he could. I, I think he should be doing that. Like uh, when he's talking to Miles, he should have two plates of exquisitely cooked food as he's and he's and he's having two lower deckers <laughs> shovel it into his mouth. From both ends, like a Roman emperor being fed grapes yeah. on his chaise lounge. And then Miles just gets whatever comes out of his door. Yeah. Hey, I, d- I dropped a grape on the floor. Great boy. Suck, <laughs> suck it off the floor with your mouth. Yeah. No, uh, you can't use your hands. They, to be fair, they do still have to eat with shitty plastic utensils in the upper floors so what is going on with this? I've seen a spork, which is like a knife. I've never seen a Knork? It's like like this. This is a spatula knife that Danny's trying to cut chicken with. What the fuck? All right. It's built like a fucking canoe oar. I I don't know. Cutting but, chicken works different on Mars. I don't know if you're aware of this. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's something about the gravity in the atmosphere. I see. Yeah. The, you don't get the friction on the serrations. effect. You got to cut yeah. it counterclockwise instead of clockwise. <laughs> right. It's like when you live in Australia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right let's go over to miles again he his meal is not nearly as fancy uh he and his new friends uh I, I think this guy's name is rich that's what he's called earlier in the episode but i'm really not certain mm-hmm. I, do you have any idea what this dude's name is Mm-mm. i didn't even know uh i didn't even know what uh, cousin mary from down abbey's name was until you said oh it's samantha Matthew or massey sorry uh, they, yeah, anyway, they complain about the class divide, which is the opposite of what they thought Mars was all about. Uh, we find out that their food cards only work on their own level. Keeps them out, out of the mess upstairs. Um, I, and this is where I started to really hope Danielle was going to get wind of all this and mm. just put the kibosh on it. Because that, that is what needs to happen here. Yeah, and it's like the whole... That's the thing. It's like... You know, Ed's talking about you need to take personal responsibility 
But then the propaganda of Mars, like, you know, they get this Disney show that's about the Martian Thanksgiving and how everybody comes together and they share, share alike. And like all these myths that you find out about America and then, you know, they're now they're about Mars and you go and, and it's the hypocrisy. You know, like you see the guy who's yeah. like pro- you probably saw portrayed by, I don't know, to- uh, the, uh, the Tom Hardy or whatever, like the old man of Mars doing the the Russian thing or the, the Martian Thanksgiving. You see him here saying, like, you suck it up, buttercup. It's just it's just jarring. You know, the yeah, especially the for press- the guy, like the, 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 the disparity here between what he was sold and what he got is light years different than what Ed was sold and what Ed got. Ed's driving around in a fancy fucking Corvette, which mm. is probably one of several that he owns, you know? Like, he was he was sold the actual thing that he got. He mm. knew what he was signing up for. These people didn't. Yeah, and, like, the, the fact that you can see progressively their um, idealism dying, you know? Like, this guy's yeah. like, I was ready for Martian Thanksgiving, and... Then, you know, he tries to, you know, Tom Parker's death. He tries to put the positive spin on that. Rich is like, that eh, sounds like your friend died a hero. She's like, nope, just trying to get money for his family. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, it's just dev. It's, it's radicalizing, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, these people are going to come back and there there's going to be a lot of stories told about what yeah. Mars is really like. Yeah. And it's their inevitability about the inequalities there. It's like it's, it, it's going to drive conflict. Mm-hmm. You can't escape it, you know. Um, like you know, it's, it's it's like a popular slogan in the last decade: the whole "eat the rich," you know. But that was never supposed to be a policy prescription. That was like a warning that, like, sure. if the poor can't eat, they will, you know, if they're starving, they will eat the rich. Like it's a warning mm-hmm. for the powers that be that, like, you should make sure that it's not too rocky on the bottom, or you're going to find yourself you know gored by this vast beast and um you can see it's like you know how how yeah like in then like uh, no one would take this offer again it'd be one thing if they're all in it and like old man ed is you know eating cold meat paste alongside him but like the second that some people can have better for reasons but other people can't mm-hmm. that shit just doesn't fly it doesn't fly with monkeys i one of my favorite experiment is there's i, I know i've shown it to you but mm-hmm. like a monkey that like there's like they're trained to do a task, sort stones from of different sizes and put them in cups and they're getting paid cucumber slices, right? And you see these two monkeys and they're happily doing it and and then one of them gets paid for grape, uh, gets paid a grape. And the other monkey is like looking at that and like holy fuck, grapes? All right. And you can see him like he's like even more i mean like i said these like it's so wild to see these monkeys do this but he's like like an employee that has dangled a bonus and he's like super and he puts it in a cup and he looks at it and the person gives him a you know a cucumber and he looks at the other guy and the cucumber and he like throws it on the ground and then then the next time it goes around he looks at the other monkey monkey gets a grape he does the same job he gets a cucumber he fucking throws it at the research starts shaking the cage and going ape shit because this is how deeply baked in the sense of fairness is to us. It goes way back. And that mm-hmm. was our kind of like the reason that we were able to fucking kick ass against saber two tigers and and mammoths and things that outweighed us 10, 15, 20 times because we worked together and we shared the fruits of our labors. And it's only been the last couple hundred years where we've kind of stopped doing that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, it's like, yeah, like they're it's just a monkey experiment and they're getting some people getting cucumbers and some people getting grapes. It's not sustainable. 
Yeah, and I guess the reason I like seeing this in this show is because I know that they are thinking about their response to this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if this is if this is guiding us toward a Star Trek utopia type future, what is their prescription for this problem? Um, yeah, that's what I'm interested to see. Like, I I know all about the shit that they're telling me now. I don't need them to tell me this, but this is a prelude to telling me what they think we can do about it. Yeah, I did because like I think ultimately I was disappointed in the expanse on that regard because it's like you know it's like they're obviously a dir- you know directly correctly diagnosing the problems mm-hmm. but like what is the solution and i don't think they really like the solution you know how people came together in the expanse i don't think is would work for or i don't even know i don't know how to translate that to you know it's like and you suddenly people Holden, start right? acting, like <laughs> you yes you have yeah. to have like these once in a lifetime leaders that are willing to risk their life for peace and equity and, and i think that's true in the real world also but it is but it they feels just don't more come hopeless ar- yeah, yeah it's, it's that's the thing it's like well we just keep doing the same thing and hoping people will do differently you know some somebody will do better yeah. and it's easier to write that character than it is for history to produce that character in sure. the real world. And I, yeah, it feels like, God damn, if that's the only way to get past this, it's not going to happen in my lifetime. Yeah, well, I, My lifetime is a drop in the bucket, you know? You need better leadership. You need better citizenry to, to get yeah. yourself out of these holes, it seems like. And the people. Yeah, so the, we'll the, see. And the groups that have those will prevail and the groups that don't will not, you know? Uh yeah we'll see how this all turns out that's that's what i'm looking forward to uh i don't know if we'll get it this season or if it'll be something that is like the big thesis of this show yeah Uh, because like it can't be uh go back in time and have the russians win the moon race you know (laughs) that's not a solution for us i'm sorry (laughs) that's not that's not that's not a solution you can implement unfortunately no can't slingshot around this soul Mm mm-hmm uh, all right, Danielle tells Ed that she's feeling frustration from the lower decks. Ed thinks the problems are all philosophical, given that the lower decks are just here to make a buck. Um, apparently, they're not going to be able to fix the comms until next year at the earliest, which is some of the problem here. And Danielle decides, you know what? That's not good enough. And she orders him to get his best engineers on the project ASAP. That's why Danielle is so good, because she's like she's already where ed needs to be and she appeals to their shared histories because he tries to like you know pull the old man mars routine ah, it's nothing mm-hmm. that we didn't go through and she's like yeah ed and how and how did we act when we were going through there were we happy about it that we almost nope. kill each other in that small base didn't you go rogue didn't you didn't you start an international incident by like <laughs> shooting a russian and like 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 you know yeah. like the, the the fucking rose colored glasses this guy has about his own past and his own place in history and how she just definitely and and even with her bending over and breaking her back to kind of build this bridge he's still being a complete fucking uh smug arrogant dick in my opinion to to danielle it's uh mm-hmm. it's just tough it's tough it's not it's not great for bob for bob relations i don't think yeah, there's something here. I can't quite put my finger on it, but they're doing something with this attitude toward these other people and the, whatever little time he has left, right? Because mm. he he's just decided he's going to die on Mars. And uh. he, we see the first signs of that. And, and I don't know if this is like a... Like a uh, fear response, 
if he's scared and he's like just trying to contextualize his own life in his own terms or whatever, but there, there's something they're doing with that too that I can't quite put my finger on. So your thesis is he's decided he's going to die on Mars. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that makes I mean, a lot of sense. The, the way makes... he's you know worried about his his tremor that he's developing and the way that that look at the end of last episode was very much like I. I just told my daughter I'm never coming back. I wonder if the doctors on Mars have actually told him as much. Like, look, you made cardio back. Because I, I talked about that last, they, you mm-hmm. know, last episode. I wonder if, like, biologically he would do, he could, you know, as an old man, go back to, you know, from a one third uh, to zero gravity to full Earth gravity, one G. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder if, like, some doctor has told him, like, look, you just you, you can't ever go back to Earth. And he's just afraid to tell that to Kelly. But, like, goddamn, why? Why would you not want to level with your loved ones? But he's had that problem. Like, yeah. you know, you think about the the thing to put Joel Kinnaman on the map in terms of actors for me, because I never really regarded him all that highly. Is that that dinner scene between Kelly and Karen and him? Yeah. He Where does he tend to, go to, to the Academy and she didn't want to go. Yeah, uh, he he he. Well, he, he does. Well, he didn't want her to go because he D- is afraid right, right. of losing her. And like this kind of hypocritical too, afraid to be in a position that he's put, you know, Karen and his whole family and his entire life. Like he mm-hmm. does have a hard time emotionally leveling with his family on things that mean a lot for him. So I guess this would be in his character. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll see how it plays out. Um. Here, here's the thing that really irked me about this comm situation. Mm. It, I get, I get the feeling that this is a Helios call to make. I think it's explicitly said, yeah, yeah. Which I'm <laughs> look. I know they're trying to do the the partnership with the private industry, but is this not a NASA c- controlled base? Uh, that I know they have like the Phoenix in orbit with Helios, but like that—that's because like I, yeah. I don't know because it seems like it's more of an international cooperation kind of thing where like no sure, one the is M7, the boss. Yeah. Um, I guess the the base commander might be the closest to that thing, but but yeah, the the idea that like there and this goes back to the other critique of capitalism, the fact that they sent this cheap satellite out there with no thought of how they would repair it. If something went wrong, something that's like, that's in NASA's mm-hmm. like DNA, like multiple yeah. redundancies and failures, which is why it's so fucking expensive. And he was like, Oh, the shelf life of the satellites five years. Like we're going to replace it in five. It'll be fine. And like mm-hmm. the, they mentioned it, there's just no docking points. There's no external hatches. Like I get the idea that these astronauts got to go out there with like acetylene torches and like crack this fucker open and <laughs> in their huge so- ass gloves trying to solder yeah. cat five wires. Like yeah, good in, luck. In zero G. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm no trying to get my bearings on this base of, of what if the plan doesn't work. No thought to what if the plan doesn't work. You know. Yeah. And I like this, you know, there are, there are a lot of forces at work here, right? Because we've seen back home that, you know, it's probably Hildebeest himself that's petitioning the president to get this asteroid program back on track and yeah. president's putting pressure on the NASA program for it. And like, yeah, the, the, there's there's a lot of conflict here between private and public organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they're doing a really good job telling that story. Ed just needs to realize he's part of the fucking private organization right now. He is the man yeah. helping make the bucks. 
I do wonder because like when Margo was running this, NASA was uh, self-funding because they had so much st- stuff paying for like you know the all this public research um, was was sold to, on the private market. I wonder if like. Like if Helios is doing the classic thing of, you know, subsidize, publicly subsidizing their yeah. losses, but privatizing their profits and their innovations. Like, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Like NASA and Russia and North Korea are helping. But like all the inventions that come out of the Helios labs, that's Helios property. And Helios is mm-hmm. going to get the patents on that. And it does feel like under Marv, the wet bandit, uh, NASA has suddenly been pilfered of all their huge financial advantages. Yeah, it seems like Ed, in his mind, at least at least in his own mind, is trying to uphold the values of NASA, uh, maybe a NASA that no longer exists, right? A NASA that was about exploration, but is now torn between its two priorities of exploration and science and then making profit for the companies that are subsidizing their space program. Do you think Marv stopped up the sinks at NASA when he robbed the Johnson, the, 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 the Molly oh, yeah. Cobb Space Center? For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, just stole the recipe Ed... for Tang. Time to turn the sinks on. <laughs> do you think Ed's gonna chafe at being commanded around by Danielle? Because there, yes, this scene he's a little like he goes along with it because she is able to smooth things over with the joke and you know with appealing to their histories and stuff. But how and the long fact will that, that work? in the military chain of command? She is the commanding officer. Make she it is. so XO yep. like that's her. But like but he's senior yeah. in space, right? He's he's been in space longer than she has, and I can see that going to his head. And he's got a bit of an ego. And I yeah no I got he's patronizing her, and that's not good. That's not good for your second your second right. officer, first officer. You can see it in the in the next scene where they're doing the repair. He's like, I mm-hmm. told you this wouldn't work. I, I went not, along with it though. Time ready to shut it down. Yeah, I, I noticed he kept it pretty private, but like, how? Like, I don't think Ed like he would he would publicly disagree with Danny. You know, if Danny wanted to try one more time, and he's like, you know, well, he said to shut it down. I think he would make it a public scene, and it's just like that's going to be a problem. It's at they're telling us a story that this is going to yeah. be a problem. Seemed like it to me. Um, I like the use of make it so, make it so xo. Yeah, start either hitting nice. towards a Star Trek. Yeah. All right, let's get back to Aleda. She goes to NASA to apologize to Administrator Hobson for disappearing, and he says she is welcome to return to the team whenever she's ready. But he's caught short when she says, "I'm ready now." Um, he's concerned about her mental health. She says, oh, "I'm fine," but then she has a flashback when Margot comes. Margot's name comes up, and she quits her job on the spot. That's funny that like Marv will never understand what just happened. Like as long as he lives, <laughs> yeah. like being like, I'm trying to think of being a manager with an a employee like this. And you kind of like everything you're being is like, Oh, this is a bad idea. But like, well, you know, you got to treat her like an adult. So welcome aboard. And she's like, fuck you. I quit. Like, how <laughs> could you ever understand what just happened? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you literally have to be in her pumped? head to understand it. Yeah. And, like, uh, that's the thing. It's, like, I want to say that Aleda is doing this for healthy reasons and she's taking... But, like, the way they told her, like, a second that Margot got mentioned and, like, that bomb went off in her head and she just goes to a whole other place. Ah, man, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Thing is, he just dodged a huge bullet, right? Like, she is not in a place to work for NASA um, in a high-stress position. 
she would have crumbled again at the next uh, stress point. If she, she wasn't going to get help, a huge and, bullet here, and and clearly she wasn't going to get help. Like no. I, yeah, Aleda is super talented and driven, and she'd be a uh, uh, you know healthy Aleda would be an asset in the institution. But mm-hmm. uh, I've seen it. She she seems like she's committed to not to not being healthy. Unfortunately, yeah. How do you go months without working? at an institute like an institution like NASA and still have a job (sighs) that seemed pretty far-fetched to me we'll be back right after this spacewalk strap in we're diving into more for all mankind yeah, I don't know whether she's like still getting paid or if she's just on leave. Like, I do think that there would be some political considerations for someone who is there for a long time with her background, with, you know, her, you know, like if she's actively traumatized on the job and you fire her for being read. I, I don't know. I, I, I was surprised, to be honest, but I do think they're also telling like, you know, sh- as much shit as we talked about life on Mars that like maybe things are a little bit kinder and gentler. In this version of America, yeah, she has a little more yeah. latitude to Al Gore. Take like, some like, a, how days. does it look if if you fire a high up NASA engineer because they have trauma from yeah. a terrorist bombing that they suffered through less than eight years ago? You know, as they're going through another traumatic event, like it seems like, yeah, like maybe that wouldn't look good in Al Gore's administration. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Not in Al Gore's America, Jim. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Never lived in it. Well, you're, right, on his internet. Internet. you're on his internet right now. <laughs> it's true. Internet, uh, best, best, most fair, equalitarian place in, the, in the, the universe. Yeah. Saving the climate, saving the environment. Uh, all right. A lady goes to Julio's Tex-Mex, what used to be the outpost for a drink. There she spots Kelly also drinking. Kelly thanks her for saving her and her son's life. Um, then she tells Lady about the setback in the robotics program and Alita tells Kelly that she quit her job, and they toast to not being sure. Yeah, mm. nice to see the outpost. Well, um, in its current state, tacos, no sp- where's the spaghetti, man? Yeah. Come on. But there is kind of like this, um, the scene did a really good job of establishing this desire for nostalgia and comfort, and also that you can't ever go back home because... Yeah. You moved out 30 years ago and people have bulldozed it and turned it into a parking lot, you know, uh, the NASA is mm-hmm. not what I mean, this is something that's interesting because like every fucking season of For All Mankind has had astronauts bitching about how NASA is not the same. They've yeah. changed, man. And especially and, this bar, right? Like it was when Karen bought it, mm, it was different. Mm-hmm. And yeah, everybody was worried about it all the time. Yeah. And like, I like the idea that they'd never met, but they knew each other from reputation. Like, mm-hmm. like imagine running into the woman who suggested you strap your pregnant ass to a rocket to get off a of, like wild yeah. shit, right? And it's like the backdrop of that being the setup of the conversation. I, I thought was really good. And the, I, this shows just really firing on cylinders when it t- comes to just command of like their themes and their settings mm-hmm. and their characters and how it all kind of comes together. Uh, and it it tricked me this episode because I, I thought they were really setting up something where Kelly was going to drag a late along into her next venture, right? She was going to take this promotion because it's the, it's the it's a smart thing, thing to do. for her. 
Yep. The smart thing to do. Um, and then she was going to say, you know what? A lady could probably use a job over here. Let's get let's get her in. But it turns out to be the exact opposite. Yep. Elite is going to have the idea that's going to make them both comfortable again. Take this endeavor private. Yeah. And yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, anyways, Miles is shocked to see the price of life on Mars. And he goes to straighten it out with Palmer. And he's complaining, but he says, look, everybody's getting screwed. I'm getting screwed. And then the only guy who isn't getting screwed, Ed, comes up in the middle of this conversation and gives him an earful of personal responsibility. Again, it's rough seeing Ed be this fucking tone deaf and yeah, but he also comes by it. Honestly, man, a lot of people, this is shit that NASA told him over the headsets 30 years ago, you know, and he swallowed the shit and kept, kept marching, you know? Uh, well, and it was a time when that was more accurate too. Right. I mean, yeah, now you've got Helios involved and yeah. And then also, like, no one, there wasn't, like, it wasn't like fucking, um, uh, you know, it was, is Ed, Danny, and, uh, uh, Gomer, Goofy, uh, Goofy? Gordo. Gordo, thank you. (laughs) Okay, I think that's who you're going for. Like, Gordo wasn't eating filet mignon. No. And shrimp scampi, all you can eat at the Red Lobster buffet with cheddar biscuits on the side, and Danielle yeah. and and Ed are looking over him, and just fucking mopping the floors for ants for sustenance. You know, they didn't have that. This they were all in it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just like, yeah, it's just like I said, it's 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 hard not to be disappointed in old Ed, and especially in this scene where it's like the literal company store, right? I mean, they're charging you for toothpaste at fourteen dollars. <laughs> the sad thing is, I'm looking at these prices. and I'm going, yeah, that's about right for our for our day. Yeah, yeah. you can pay fourteen dollars for a tube of toothpaste if you want. That's not crazy. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. When he um, when he when when he was supposed to be learning this history in college, he was off flying phantoms in Korea and Vietnam. So he he missed all those true. he missed all those lessons. So yeah, I I don't know. They they're really reinforcing this idea of the class divide. Um mm-hmm. almost just how, to a comical point at, in this episode. I think it's yeah, a little like, heavy-handed. I, Ed's the coal mining boss. Yeah, yeah. Like but I think they definitely are setting him up to be an antagonist of sorts on Mars. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I think him and Danielle are going to butt heads this season. Uh and I bet Danielle's going to butt heads with her superiors back on Earth too. I think Hobson mm, yeah. and her are going to butt heads quite a bit. What's this? Yeah, because like, there's going to be something next episode that happens, and she's going to want to pay for it, and Marv is going to be like, well, you know, maybe if you hadn't taken that risky Martian synchronous orbit repair job, we would have some in the budget left to do. Yeah, I, I can mm-hmm. see her definitely being caught between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, I really want her to get up here and restructure everything, though. Get, get morale back, you know? I mean, that's part of the problem why th- things are not super on track is nobody works their best when they're under these conditions, when they have yeah. no morale. So lift the morale of the, the lower decks a bit. But it's also like, you know, we talk about the importance of you have to have good leadership to affect mm-hmm. change, but also, like, those leaders have to have some kind of support. And if they're not given sure. it... yeah. And she's barely getting at this episode. We go over to these engineers trying to repair the comms, and the entire time Ed's getting getting in his I told you so's, you know, how hard this is, how much it's not going to work with Danielle. Mm. 
uh, but she's not willing to call off the mission and eventually they succeed after rebooting the satellite. And, and they've had this relationship kind of before where he's kind of like, you know, poo-pooed and, you know, been, uh, you know, patronizing uh, of, of her before. But like, man, I just don't. Because that's the thing is like Danielle came here personally asked on a favor on behalf of the U.S. president to get this thing flying right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she's going to have the mind to put up with Ed's bullshit. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing. All all it took to fix this problem was caring just a little bit. Yeah. Ed could have Empathy. called his engineers to do this at any time, and he yep. never did because he thought, well, fuck them. They're just here for a buck. Right. And I got, I can talk to my, I can talk to Kelly. So what are these, what are these, what are these yeah. uh, dumb, dumb Derek, out of work Derek workers need to talk to their family? They're all di- divorced, <laughs> deadbeat dads right? anyway, trying to, probably came here to Mars, get away from their family. Can you imagine? Can you fucking imagine what a shitbird you got to be to hide out from your family on Mars? <laughs> My God. Yeah. <laughs> People yeah. of low character. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, not, and like that's the thing is like Ed has no, like he, his head should be on fire. Mm-hmm. The hypocrisy coming out of his mouth and he just, he's immune to it, man. Yeah. He just doesn't see it. He's just kind of a, he's kind of dense in that regard. But Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I expect a catastrophe in this scene. I expected things to blow up and, and then to lose comms altogether for, you know, the next year and things to be really hard on Mars because right. of it. Right. And then things nope. got worse. Yeah. Worked just fine. Uh, let's go back over to Aleda and Kelly, still drinking and talking about their troubles. Uh, Aleda is sad about letting Margo down. Kelly's sad about losing her project. And this time they toast to screwing up. And Kelly suggests they TP Hobson's house. Talk about screwing up. Let's just go make this 10 times worse. Uh, I actually thought it, it was going to happen. I, yeah. When they had the establishing shot of the outside, I'm like, I was looking in the trees for toilet paper and stuff. And like Marv coming out like, what the hell? But no, I think uh, I think the only paper was thrown as the latest business plan she's working on. I like her life finds a way speech. The stuff about uh-huh. the liquid being the perfect yeah. medium for life to exist in because it can get close and can form those bonds and you can't when there's too much distance. And the the fa- the, the the fact that la- life finds a way and doesn't give up is the you know kind of Kelly's touchstone. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next morning, Kelly wakes up hungover on Alita's couch, and Alita. Once she gets her coffee, Alita says she has a way to keep Kelly's project going with private funding. Kelly's not sure she can leave NASA and go it alone, but Alita says you won't be going it alone. Where did casting find this little girl? Because, oh my God, what a chip off the old block. That... Uh-huh. That 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 look that she's leveling at Kelly about like, you puked on our couch and it smells... <laughs> It's, just, it's so and, funny. It's such a comes, little Aleda. Freaking Mr. Sunshine, bright and early. Fuck this guy, man. This lady puked on your carpet and it slept hungover on your couch. She does not want you all chipper this morning. She wants you very sedate. She wants you with the coffee in hand, by the way. You don't ask if she wants coffee. You just bring her the coffee. Yeah. Ah, oh, this guy. Yeah, he's, he's turning the screws a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Aleda handles her booze way better than Kelly. 
Yeah, how put together she was right. after this all night bender where she threw her, her brain into this problem. But like, I, I that's kind of well, you know, she's a lot like Margot that way. She's happiest when she's solving a problem, and yeah, you know, this idea it's like you know someone is just going to like you know how to do your job, you just can't find the money, and someone's just going to swoop in and make it their life's mission to do that for you. Mm-hmm. Pretty nice, pretty nice deal. Yeah, we'll see how it turns out. But uh, her husband likes to see this, too. I think it's a good deal for both of them, right? He gets both yeah. of them kind of where they need to be. Aleda back doing something she's passionate about, not moping around. And then Kelly gets to search for life. That's what she wants I to do. I do worry about the foundations this is built on with Aleda and the sobriety sure. and the mental yeah. health and the trauma and all that. But, yeah, I can see why her husband sees this as a huge improvement. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing his wife have a purpose and you not not just kind of flailing around playing guitar hero and taking their TV apart at three o'clock in the morning. It's gotta be <laughs> gotta be nice to see. All right, the team at Happy Valley watches a soccer match together in Ed Street, except for Miles, who is checking his messages from home. They're all so happy and he misses them dearly. He tries to muster a cheerful response, but he can't manage it. And then he chats with Samantha about going back home, but apparently his contract won't really allow it. I, I read the fine print. If you're going, if you're going to work. I mean, that's like like not knowing that it's going to be one hundred fifty thousand dollars to come back. It's like I'm a little like I'm I'm not. I'm not I'm not I'm not a member of the workers party so much that I can't be like Jesus Christ dude did you did you really just like tr- you, just, you just believe this recruiters promises and you let them do this and that and then you saw oh my god oh my god but uh yeah I hmm. we don't we don't really see the the if there was a hard sell on Mars um if there was like well I mean if you don't sign today i mean yeah you can take this contract and read it but if you don't sign today somebody is going to step in and take your spot it probably you know, is a lot there probably is a lot there probably is a lot like that there probably was a lot of pressure and you know obviously miles you know um this isn't even something they offer like oh you know it's, i guess we could give you tomorrow there is a little bit of that but i also would love to see this challenge in court like some like do they qualify their employees at all like what if someone goes insane and they have to or has like what if they have a severe medical issue they have mm-hmm. to be brought back to earth. Like, did they still have to be? I would love to see this clause challenged in court. You can take someone a mil- hundreds of millions of miles away from earth and then be like, oh, you want to get back before your term for any reason? 150K. Yeah. I, I think that's extortion, maybe kidnapping. I, It's it's something. I mean, that's how the indentured servitude shit worked. You know, you technically uh-huh. weren't a slave, but you got a right. real lot of debt and you owe it to this person. And, uh, we're way out here. Where are you going to shop other than the company store? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did like, I like the Martian weather, how consistent it was. Like the last nine days or six days, it had fluctuated barely a degree. But the the nightly lows, negative uh, 90 C, daily highs of negative 19, which is just, just below, like it's one or two degrees below f- freezing and freedom units. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, but negative 90 is like 130 below like yeah yeah it's uh it's a harsh it's mystery cold of Mars. the thing that stood out to me is how his family's opinion of him has changed so drastically like they are 
all smiles, all bubbles, no troubles with him now. Even the daughter who was very like standoffish when he showed up. Yeah, I think that he I could see cuz like you could tell that the there's still some love, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you hear the no love lost. There was love lost in this relationship and um even if she, there wasn't like, you know, her wanting to put a good face on this for her daughters or dad's risking her life and yeah, I bet. Uh, yeah, like it's still like novel enough that, you know, like I imagine if you tell your friends at school that your dad's going to Mars, that would be like, yeah, this is like your your dad goes from being kind of a deadbeat loser to a guy who's putting his life on the line for not just you, the family, but like this is like making Earth better, too. Like I, I could see it coming around. I do wonder another thing that traps him here too. Like it's not just the right. money anymore; it's his family's opinion of him. He can't yeah. go back and disappoint them. Yeah, because like if he went back now, he'd be even worse off. Uh, he'd be yeah. a bigger stone mill around their neck. I do wonder, like, yeah, where is this going in terms of like desperation and violence and probably bad places. I, like, I don't know if Ed be assassinated, himself, but like I talked about the apple tree, but like would Ed? I, I could because like. I recall correctly one of the one of the I talked about Red Mars, Blue Mars, Green Mars. Uh, I believe Red Mars ends with an assassination, like a like hmm. you know, because like uh, for for political and economic reasons. Um, interesting, and that, that, that'd be interesting. Like if someone if someone assassinated Ed, <laughs> what would Danny do? Because I, I could see oh. like I could see that being so traumatic to Danny that she goes hardline, right? It's like the trap yeah, you get pulled. You, God, the, the that trap doesn't that, feel like a Star Trek story, man. <laughs> I, but hey, like, there's no, there, there's no. There, I've got no assurance that this is what the show's trying to do, trying to like be uh, aspirational or like a cautionary tale. So, yeah, I mean, I've seen interviews with Ron Moore that where he thinks of it in terms of Star Trek and that's like the the goal of the show is to but it can't be Pollyanna like humans gotta no, like that, these these, these issues these seasons have revolved around like crucial people making life-changing decisions that have phenomenal impacts on the planet yeah I mean there was a terrorist attack last season like it's exactly not, it's not gonna be all peaceful uh I I could see Ed yeah, I could see Ed getting assassinated. It's not outside of the realm of possibility. But sending Danny down a hardline road seems that that seems like antithetical. That's the shit that does it, doing, though, right? You know. Yeah, like, but I'm sympathetic man, for you. Bring I'm sympathetic to that. your. I'm sympathetic from your your concerns, but you can't fucking murder people that I love. You know. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. Totally. Yeah, I mean it's it's the Marco Sonaros of it all, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> there's a bridge too far at some point, right? Um, all right. Samantha takes Miles to relax at Ilya's bar, uh, his vodka bar that he set up. Which I guess, yeah, makes sense. It's on the lower decks here, the low, the sub decks. Um, they here they're they're remembering parker not gregory right uh this is this is their hero the guy that that died in this accident that's getting no love on earth or in the upper decks seems very workers party you know like the challenge and response about the opiate of the masses and all that kind of stuff um they yeah like i said they're it's it's painted with a pretty 
These aren't two thin coats of uh, narrative painting. They're they're laying it on pretty thick. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> I like they're they're bumping some lyrics born in the background. Uh, hmm. Loved hearing didn't, that. Didn't recognize that. Yeah, I got the I got I was a pretty big fan of the 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 that the indie rap label Quantum. There was hmm. uh you know uh, what's that that are all uh, Black Alicious and Jurassic Five okay. and yeah, uh, yeah. Dilated Peoples like runner all run around together gotcha i don't know if vodka should be the color of urine but you make do <laughs> <laughs> didn't look very good I, yeah. I would be dubious on that and uh, like he strong. somehow uses the airlock to get rid of the like he exposes the vodka to the air lock of space and i, I don't know how that yeah. all that didn't make sense to me but i'm not familiar stuff. enough with distillation and and in a vacuum of space, much less. well, especially there, yeah. See, you know what he's up to. Uh, Mark Watney had the wrong idea. He's trying to eat those potatoes. You turn into vodka. Drink them. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Drink your calories. Liquid diet. And then we got the final scene here where Margot wakes up on yet another Russian morning. She makes coffee. She watches Russian TV, which is apparently a bad sign. I wasn't picking up on. Uh, she really wants to all call Swan the number on Lake the card. all the time. Yep. Uh so so she doesn't call this number, right? She thinks her apartment might be bugged and so she decides not to call the number. I think so. I don't think okay. that I def I don't think she called the number. Yeah, I think that's the true. The bullfinch was at least that cautious. Yeah. Um but she makes her usual morning rounds. The streets, however, are empty and the baker is a very uh dour baker. Severe baker says she should go home. Totally again, the the real Russians know what this means. Like this is yeah. Uh, like they 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 understand that like this is not the time. This is not the time for glasnost and prostroika. This is the time for you know tucking your head and down into your warm winter coat and keeping your eyes on your feet, on your toes, and not paying too much attention. To what's going to happen in the next couple of days if you want to be safe? Well, there are some people who apparently don't want to be safe because she gets to the newsstand and she finds a large crowd gathering as authorities shut down the stand and the crowd grows angry so more police show up and begin arresting everyone and Margot's scooped up in that chaos this is yeah I think this is the the prelude to the, the attempted coup right yeah and like I'm not sure again who's cooing who like I'm, you know, if it's if it goes like to like a delayed version of real history, you'd have communist hardliners upset yeah. at these proposals, trying to sweep the 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 politicians out of power and reinstitute whatever hardline Stalin communist. I don't know what the fuck the Red Army. Which only like what kind of what kind of communism? Works, I, yeah, yeah. It's it's not a successful coup. I think Gorbachev like survives it as president of the. But, what happens if you delay that for 10 you know 10 years and extra pressure sure. builds up like does does is yeltsin where is yeltsin going to climb the tank and rally the people i don't i don't know i don't know either i'm very curious to see um and the other thing is like do you think do you, are you with me on this theory that this is margo's reintroduction to the world scene like that there's going to be footage of her and like elate is going to be watching and be like the fuck martin then I mean, what like, else is there what that's interesting to do with Margot? Like, she's so sidelined at this point. You have to shake that up. Otherwise, what is the point of her entire storyline here? 
her going to the just, just to give us the insight. I mean, it could just be her, her traveling the political system here in Russia and us getting a glimpse inside of it without do you think she'll ever be, getting do, out of it. Do you think the hardliner, like, because that's the question. It's like, if hardliners take power, why would they have made contact with Margot? Are they going to want to replace Katish with Margot? Like, why the hell would oh. hardliners? Yeah, I wonder if it's the opposite, weird. if like softliners are taking <laughs> softliners soft are taking liners, over yeah. like pro capitalist like just get it's just what is the yeah. soviet union bullshit even happening like just get just get rid of it i wonder if it's and like oh put a westerner over over the the space center i don't know the yeah Cosmodrome. that's entirely possible because um, they did reach out and make contact with her in advance of this coup and that was and that's really the thing. this this could be you know uh this could be an agent of the KGB. This could be an agent of some other faction of the government. This could be a double agent. This could be a triple agent. Right. I, don't, I don't know who this person is. When it comes to the Russian spy game, I I assume nothing, I guess. I will say that as Margot's glasses hit the pavement, I did say, if Margot had gone to the KGB, <laughs> none of this would this have ever happened. Been. Uh, uh, maybe we'll see if she's rotten in a gulag in three episodes if i can say i to- told you so again but yeah and then i was nice any touch. worse than that apartment come on i mean <laughs> i've heard stories <laughs> that, that apartment didn't seem that bad to be honest to me but uh i yeah. i i did there's a nice touch to have swan lake play over the credits too it's pretty nice, nice. and that's it we'll see where we pick up next episode you're listening to hi bob we'll be right back hi bob welcome back to more for all mankind did you know that we have feedback jim uh i guessed we might our satellite not down uh our 4k transmissions coming through loud and clear uh through dmail if you'd like to send us to our D-mail address, it's FAM, F-A-M, stands for For All Mankind at BaldMove.com. Uh, first up is Dan. He says, the USSR, some faction within the USSR, sabotaged the asteroid capture. He's a Kronos truther, this Dan. Oh, okay, that's a that's an assertion and a half. So he... He defends he defends his uh, his uh, conspiracy theory as follows. Recall mm-hmm. the interseason news shorts where they show the Soviet economic boom. And they mention it's been powered by mining and export of rare earth materials or metals for use in EV batteries, etc. The asteroid belt and perhaps this asteroid in particular is chock full of those metals. Uh, I think mm. that line got tossed out one of the season four trailers, and I believe it to be true in real life. Successful space-based mining of a massive supply of rare earth metals equals total Soviet economic collapse. Moscow can't let it happen. I'll bet Downton Abbey lady was in on the sabotage. Helios pays fat bonuses, but the Kremlins are even fatter. Thus the need to keep Margot's nose out of the after-action review. I... Hmm. my, My question is, why would... Because, like, Russia is in partnership with the u.s and helios and all this like wouldn't they get like an equal cut of whatever is going to be coming in from the mining profits so it's like and also i think that mining stuff will help mars but like 
it's not coming back to the earth it's not coming back to earth so like having having your having a huge supply abundant on earth i think would still be uh would put you in the the cats the catbird seat for generations to come the only thing i could think there is if they see this as you know the tip of the iceberg for a mining operation right if they want to nip this mining space mining stuff in the bud and just show it's a fool's errand and it's dangerous and a bad idea or if you're like a, a, like a communist hardliner and you don't like this cozying up the capitalism and McDonald's in your borders like you sabotage this to make things deliberately tough mm-hmm. so that the the Russian you know because I think there's always like you know it's it's, it's, yeah, current it's not like the Russians us. didn't know that United States had an average better quality of life. It's like oh, it's the decadent West. They are fat cats and their capitalists get rich and they're off the backs of the underclass. Where we're all yeah, it sucks over here, but we're all in the suck. Don't pay attention to the Politburo members getting picked up in their Mercedes and eating <laughs> right. their fagua and, and 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 wintering in their dacas and the yeah, yeah like oligarchs over here. It's all bull. Like uh, to my to my like I'm not like look I I'm not gonna have uh, tankies on here telling me that the Soviet Union was a utopia. Uh, they they had problems on the other side of the the, the spectrum from America, but like but like yeah I I, I don't know. Um, I I could see it. I could see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I completely abide the geopolitical rationale that uh, Dan's laying out here, but I uh, more more to come. Who Nothing in this it? episode directly. Who what? <laughs> is Gregory the hardliner? <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a villain all, all along. Is in a KGB sleeper cell. Supposed to be the first uh-huh. Soviet agent on Mars is why he went back. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the one putting the the pins in the asteroid, right? The mounts. True. Shoddy penmanship. Mm-hmm. Craig T yeah. says. I'm relieved to hear you both enjoyed this first episode. Always tough coming back and start uh, to start settling, uh, setting up the stories after time jump. And fam always excels at doing that. I agree. We talked about like that's a, a talent that um, I first noticed on like the deuce where that's another show that told the time, you know, each season there'd be a decade elapse and they did such a great job of where they left the characters in space and time for you to come back and understand like they were on a trajectory, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't need to know what the astronauts do between Earth and Mars because it's just a lot of the same shit. But the exciting points are leaving Earth and entering Mars orbit, right? Yeah. And for all mankind, does that very well too. They're they're really good at tossing the ball to the future and having the future catch it and everybody follow along. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craig says I've noticed there's no official podcast this year, probably due to the strikes, which is both sad, but hopefully an opportunity for you guys to capture more people's attention. Yeah, that'd be nice because like again, this is a. Uh, Seems like a small pond. There's not a whole lot of uh, podcasts covering this. I know there's a few that people like, uh, ours included, but the I don't know. You think the official podcast being 86 is good or bad? Oh, I mean, I for us in particular, uh-huh. it's probably good. Uh, I don't like to see it happen. I, I always like to get the perspectives of people closer to the material, but yeah, I think it will help our audience. We in the decadent podcast West enjoying the <laughs> downfall of, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I also noticed um, that when it's mentioned that For All Mankind was coming back, pretty much everyone is surprised to hear it. It's definitely a problem Apple has promoting its own shows, which is a concern when they do so many great shows and you want to see not only more seasons of what they do, but more of what they do. I'm not sure why it's so hard. 
I don't know why it seems like in the last four or five years, I'm not sure when it started, but like it used to be you had a lot more lead time that like, you know, you would know that when a show was coming back six months, nine months in advance, pretty much to the week. And it seems like, especially post-pandemic, it's mm-hmm. been as soon as the post-production's finished and the film prints are still wet from the developing fluid, it is like, it's coming in three weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's going to start with two episodes, and it's just like, it's ready, ready, fire, aim a lot. Um, and it, it's tough for this market, and it's, it's really tough because there's so many other options too, right? Like Apple is probably in the top 10 of all streaming, but there's like what 50 streaming channels at this point now. Like it's insane. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's all this hurry up, uh, no promotion relying only on social media promotion, no traditional, like you get some things like Ted Lasso. I, I I saw they really got behind that. Um, but it's just tough to catch, to catch people's eyeballs. And it seems like maybe Apple is, trying maybe more of a word of mouth kind of thing yeah their marketing for this stuff has been surprisingly subdued i would say given the stranglehold they have on their target audience i mean they're they're looking at their phones which are apple phones Uh uh-huh every single day for hours upon hours they could blast this stuff out in front of you if they really wanted to, and it could get and egregious and annoying. Yeah, but like, that, that would be they're really crazy playing too. it reserved. Oh, I agree. I would hate that, but I will but, say but that it Apple, almost seems like they've gone the opposite way, where they're not advertising enough. Apple is super accommodating in terms of screener, screeners and like press access, so maybe they're also trying mm-hmm. to like make roads more like grassroots because like you know going to some outlets is and trying to get screeners as an independent media source is like mm-hmm. going to Ed for a problem with your paycheck. They're like, why do you you know they're hostile <laughs> right. and skeptical and gatekeeping and all that. And Apple not no Apple no apple's the opposite like they are very generous with with supporting people like us and i think it's maybe they're trying to shore up that weakness but i don't know yeah across the board there i I feel like they're trying to be the kinder gentler corporation you know supporting privacy um and security and you know not getting in your face with the advertising stuff like they could yeah yeah they don't want to whore out the which is yeah, smart. There's a, there's a mystique. Brand. Yeah, yeah, there's a mystique to Apple, and if they build, turn it into Times Square, yeah, um, <laughs> like like you know, uh, some some like Samsung, for example. Oof, love love advertising everywhere on your TVs and your phones and ugh. Oh yeah, uh, Lena says, "Hey, Bob's. Hi, Bob. Hi, Just Bob. writing in to say, I was legit confused for a solid two minutes, thinking I was looking at a DH Jennifer Jason Lay Lee." when they were showing Milo's wife or Miles' wife. So it was wild to hear y'all call it Rebecca Ferguson, but I can see that now too. Uh, it's funny how people... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she's got that kind of approximate face syndrome. And, yeah, I uh, see it. For sure. JJL is going to be on Fargo this season. so And we nice. just had uh, Ferguson on Silo. So I'm thrilled that you decided to cover For All Mankind again. It's one of my favorite shows and Bald Move is my favorite podcast. So this year would not have been the same if you couldn't fit it in your schedule. Well, again, thanks to the generosity of Apple and their screeners because I don't know that we would have 
if we had trouble getting because this is going to go over Christmas break and we prefer to spend yeah. that with our families and it's going to be super busy with Fargo and everything was clustering at the end of the week and it was just really looking and when we got the screeners it was that that made the decision a lot easier so thanks to Apple for uh, under publicity department for for uh, you know letting letting the little guys at the trough. Um, Scott V says, I think the show wanted us to expect to see Aleda and Margot's old job. I know I did. A short answer to why not is she has PTSD and probably turned the job down if it was offered to her. But I think the show did not give Aleda that job for a reason. My guess is Houston is rapidly becoming less important and solving mission problems. With the communication lag and physical distance away, Ed's better off saying, Happy Valley, we have a problem, rather than Houston. So the person in charge of Happy Valley Actual that Ed will not listen to will be more important than the person in Houston that Ed also would not listen to. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) He he gets, he gets the essential Ed quality. So I feel like the writers were free to take a lady in whatever direction they desire. This might be a springboard to get her into space again at some point, which might not seem realistic if she takes the Margot role on earth. It does seem, you know, this is pretty prescient. I thought, obviously this was before the new episode that we just talked about came out. Uh, yeah, you put her in the Margot job. Like that person doesn't quit and jump ship to Helios or a private equity firm or a private research firm, right? There's too I much. Think so. Yeah, you're committed at that point. But having her being a little discontent, having her being a little bit of friction between her understanding of NASA and the original mission, and it's pretty. Like I said, they this show knows what they're doing when they transition characters a decade into the future. So. Can- who is still at NASA that we give a shit about? Is it just Dan? That's a damn good question. I think Aleda was the last holdout. Yeah. Until Danielle came back. Uh, Will Tyler? The first gay oh, astronaut? Well, I think he wasn't in this episode at all. Is he wasn't. He, he was in him? last episode. So, like, you know, Kelly. But, but yeah, we're, it's, it's, it's definitely losing, speaking of mystique and cachet, NASA seems to be losing its mystique and cachet in this era. Yeah, which I think is scary because they have, you know, whatever tether exists to the old ideals of space mm-hmm. exploration is kind of lost with NASA. They're the last well, and people holding this, that flame, it seems. Scott had a whole other section of feedback where he talked about the difference between the way the private sector looks at space travel versus like NASA, where like, you know, NASA even was as careful as they are with the budget and the oversight that they had taking 10 years to get to the moon. They still killed three astronauts and the path to that and took nine, you know, Oh, if you think Elon's not going to kill more than three people getting, to they Mars. haven't yet. Right. <laughs> like the private space program hasn't killed anyone yet. I that's do. Only yeah. That's only because they're blowing up rockets and stuff. I am not looking unmanned forward. stuff. I am not looking forward to the inevitable congressional hearings when that happens. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I do. I, I, it'll be interesting to see when they cross that Rubicon in real life, but, but yeah, on the show, it's like, you know, you, you had so many space disasters happening from, you know, the best and the brightest with like a mandate to serve the public and not that now you've got the profit motive of mm-hmm. you know, how many I guess he questioned, like, how many uh, attempts did they make on this asteroid? You know, did like did, did, did it doesn't seem like. And of course, you never know, but like a NASA would probably first take the uh, craft and do a close approach to the asteroid. Uh, but mm-hmm. they wouldn't land on it. And then they would do a close approach and then they would land on it. And then they would do, and then they would try to get all the tether system and get the built the thing. And then they would test it. And it'd be a lot less like just show up with all those things and hope it goes well, which is what it feels like this mission 
was a lot of. Um, You can have it cheap, fast, or safe. Pick two. Yeah. And it did seem like it seems like the, a lot of the the horrier um, space disasters have been the hotel, um, you know, Helios personnel fucking things up that weren't properly vetted for space. Like, you know, mm-hmm. people were more concerned with getting their bonuses to their families. Uh, they're struggling back on Earth and doing things safe and sane. And it, it does seem like they're consistently not that not that there wasn't enough bullshit you know in terms of brinksmanship between the Soviet Union and the United States fucking things up before but like yeah, yeah the profit motive is it's a hell of a drug it is what it is you know yeah safety is not their primary concern full no. stop no it's not not a concern but, but it's not their first concern unlike NASA where concern. it is all right, that's going to do it for for all mankind. Again, if you'd like to send us feedback for all mankind, it's it's fam fam at baldmove.com. You want to know what else we're doing? Uh, we're about to start Fargo. We got True Detective in the new season. We've got a lot of cool movies coming out. Speaking of uh, cool movies with Joel Kinnaman in it, we're going to be seeing Silent Night early in December. Mm-hmm. Uh, best way to follow us along for everything we're doing is on social media or at Bald Move everywhere except for TikTok. We're at Baldest Move. And then if you'd like to support us in what we're doing here. Uh, honestly, that's another thing. Uh, For All Mankind's popular with our club, and we got a lot of increase in traffic as the season went on, and uh, that was something that we definitely thought about in bringing For All Mankind back. So if you'd like to support us to keep us doing the shows that you love, uh, we could use it. Uh, support.baldmove.com and get some free, some stuff, some cool stuff for yourself. Ad-free feeds, more audio uh, and video content, etc. That's it. We're signing off from Happy Valley until next week. Until then, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. Bye, Bob.